0: Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is a BP. Hi. Today we're going to be playing Shelfie Stacker. Yeah, Yeah. get
1: that one out.
0: Yeah, today we're playing Shelfie Stacker uh, by Shim Phillips, who did the West Kingdom trilogy, the North Sea trilogy, Mm -hmm. uh, Raiders of Scythia, and there's a whole bunch more. Um, It was developed by Nicola Booth. And the artists were Paul Tobin and Claire Tobin, and it was published this year, 2021, by Arcus Games out of New Zealand. The game description. So you've picked a new game, eh? Or did you finally get your eager hands on that expansion you've been wanting on for the past year? Well, now the real game begins. How on earth will you fit it into your alphabetized, color-coordinated, and divinely crafted new board game shelf? Well, what does it really matter? It's probably just going to sit there and shrink for the next six months anyway. Sorry, too real? Let's move on, then. In Shelfie Stacker, players compete to accumulate the most illustrious board game collection by carefully filling their shelf with their most recent purchases. The mechanics are deck bag pool building, hand management, and variable phase order. And uh, This is really close to home yeah, for you. Yeah, no, I... I was sitting with the thing right behind me and the bo-
1: and by thing he means his his own
0: <clears throat> yes carefully carefully crafted. crafted and by carefully crafted i mean ikea uh, ikea purchased. purchase um so the box art is uh it's a whole bunch of people and i think they all closely resemble uh a lot of board game content creators along with the uh the board game geek uh person that's the one in the with the swoopy hair and the glasses. Mm-hmm. That's the the board game geek. Uh, uh, although they recently changed it to be more... Um, non-binary. Yes. Um, and then in the background, there's a bunch of uh, board games, but they all have names. So instead of terraform, Terraforming Mars, it's terrify, Terrifying Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, zombie Rising. Yeah, Zombie Rising. Uh, yeah, all kinds of games. And they're
1: very animated esque characters. Yeah. The over exaggerated sized eyes, uh, definitely, you know, pointed noses type of thing.
0: Yeah, it's less anime esque. It reminds me more of like what you might see on uh, like Scooby-Doo. the cast of characters, Scooby Doo or like a Nickelodeon mm-hmm. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so BP with all the. Uh, pieces out in front of you and the box art and hearing the thing. How do you think it's played?
1: Oh you forgot the first question. Oh oh yeah. Pfft. Wow.
0: I've never podcasted before in my whole life. Mm-mm. Um would you pick this up off a shelf?
1: Get it off a shelf. I know. Shelfie stacker. Shelfie Shelfie Stacker. Shelfie Shelfie <laughs> Stacker. Um meh, probably not. Like uh I mean the name is clever. Uh, the art is, I mean, it's fun, but, um, I mean, just based on that, I'm, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I forget what you said. The mechanics were already the idea Mm -hmm. of organizing though. I love, Mm -hmm. I do really love to organize, um, and especially closets and drawers and cupboards. Um, gets you know all kinds of ocd out for me but um i don't know like it just it, nothing is grabbing me as being like i'm gonna be the greatest
0: you, you like the having the most illustrious board game shelf does
1: not no does not grab you okay. no Now, if it had been about books and libraries oh totally yeah like do you have like the most diverse bookshelves and how how do you organize your bookshelves we'd be having this whole different conversation and i'd be very excited uh i do enjoy played, board played games. that game wait there's many versions of it yeah. uh I, I enjoy board games and i mean yours is relatively your shelf is relatively uh well organized and i like looking at them but uh i don't know it's just it's not it's not something that's going to grab me but we'll see at the end of actually playing it how about you
0: uh, well, I backed it on Kickstarter. Right. So obviously, the answer is yes. <laughs> I, I thought the theme was funny because you know, mm-hmm. everybody talks about mm-hmm. like, oh, I've recently reorganized my board game shelf and there's pictures all over Twitter of, of people oh. and how they've organized their First shelves. First
1: Turncast has followed many people who, who always Instagram their, in fact, right? Reorganizations and new shelves. Yeah, exactly. So
0: uh, obviously the answer is yes. And yeah, the idea of... I've enjoyed the games that we've played that have been some sort of, like, um, organization-type thing. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. like, Sagrada I enjoyed. Um, Azul I enjoy. Although that one's less... Those are both very
1: also patterny. Yes, pattern Yep. Yeah. So...
0: Uh, Yeah, and then uh, Shim Phillips, I enjoyed uh, Architects of the West Kingdom when we played it. Uh, Raiders of the North Sea, I I really enjoy his work replacement game. So uh, I enjoy his game. So so yes, I would pick it up. So now, now BP.
1: How is it played? Yeah. Well, see, I was not going with those first two that you named, which were more pattern building. I was going to go more along the lines of some of the book organization ones that we've had that we've played in the past, which to a certain extent do um, incorporate right some sort of pattern building. But like maybe there's I don't remember any of the mechanics or anything <laughs> right you want, now. You want
0: me to go yeah? Back and them? Uh, so we've got deck bag pool building, okay. Hand management, okay, and variable phase order, which I feel like is not correct, but. Go on. Tell me how it's
1: played. So, I mean, obviously, we want to uh, curate a nice collection where we probably have, like, diverse types of games. Actually, probably in this case, since it's more about organizing the shelf, uh, diverse sizes. So kind of like some of those book ones where, right, you can only place certain books next to each other. So I feel like it's going to come out in a kind of Tetris-y pattern building sort, but also I see some colored cubes. So I have a feeling that different types of games are also going to have different color components to them and you want to organize them in different ways. I'm not sure about the variable um things unless it's like, hey, first you get all of your things and you put them right on the shelf. Now it's phase two, you're getting new games. Now you have to organize, pull everything off your shelf and Put them back in. Mm-hmm. And that's how you would organize. But sometimes people just kind of like, oh, maybe you can shimmy this over to the left and just <laughs> shove it right in without damaging the box. Yeah. If I orient it this way, I could actually
0: get it in. But ah, now I can't see the title. Yeah. Um, so variable phase order implies that turns may not be played the same way as before and or after. Oh. And an example is Puerto Rico, which we've never played, uh, d- where it says depending on who starts... Uh, selecting roles and what roles they take, you might have to do an action sooner than you'd wish. Mm. In other games, you may be denied from taking certain actions.
1: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess in that sense, since one of the things we say about patterny, uh, tetris type games is they're very uh, individualistic, maybe that varied player action is trying to get at player interaction.
0: Mm, possibly, Yeah. Uh so the history of the IKEA uh, bookshelf? Yeah, bookshelf.
1: That'd be a really great history, actually. <laughs> I did not go that route because I was going by the title alone, Shelfie Stacker, mm-hmm. which of course
0: It's hard to say, but go on.
1: Oh no, like sounds like selfie.
0: Oh, yeah. And so
1: since, like, the whole box really seems to be a play on words, I went with selfies, uh, which probably have really nothing to do with the game content <laughs> itself. But that is where my brain went when I was thinking selfie stacker. It's obviously a play on selfie. Um, and so the history of the selfie, which is actually... A very fascinating history that is tied up with photography, of course. So, uh, just a quick, super brief history of photography, which I know is going to hurt all my art history friends, but, um, I mean, way back to Aristotle, um, and, right, Hellenistic Greek period in, uh, the fourth century BCE, the, the, the idea, right, the philosophy of a camera obscura, uh, came about so much so that by the sixth century of the common era, there was a, a Byzantine, uh, mathematician who kind of put one together, uh, by the Islamic Golden Age. You actually have, uh, uh, an Arabic a uh, physicist who who does construct one and uses it quite successfully around the um, the 10th century and so and, and then you have you know uh, Leonardo da Vinci until you get you know progression of progression and progression until the 19th century and you get the daguerreotype right and this is where we get into the first selfies actually as soon as like modern type of photography in the daguerre type becomes a thing People, I mean, it's kind of like with painting, right? Very early paint, painters tried to do self. Self-portrait. So you could even say the selfie, which is a self-portrait idea is pretty much as narcissistic as all humanity has been, right? Mm. And so artists have always tried to do, right? The self-portrait either in painting themselves, painting themselves cleverly right through mirrors. Um, the same thing will come about with, uh, photography. And so by the 1830s, you actually had one of the very first, uh, selfie taken by a Daguerreotype. By the turn of the 20th century, so the early 1900s, you actually have people using uh, a more modern kind of Kodak based film camera and they're taking selfies using mirrors um, or other right kind of automatic contraptions where they have like a a A wire or something and a button connected to it. Um, not remote, obviously, yet at that point. Uh, interestingly enough, the first teenager to take a selfie is right. Uh, the actual kind of modern phenomenon of, uh, phones and digital selfies is, of course, uh, based in the kawaii, Japanese kawaii, you know, cute culture, um, of the late 20th century. So. Uh, but it still has its roots even further. So with photography and teenagers, uh, the first female teenager to take a selfie of herself to send to a friend, uh, was some, uh, Zarina right in the Russian uh, the last Russian imperial czarist family mm-hmm. I forgot her name off the top of my head but that just like struck me as like so selfie right uh, because it started with uh, in fact Japanese girls taking pictures of themselves and friends and exchanging to create these types of notebooks and then it made me think of myself and some of my early like kind of selfies so in the uh, early 2000s um I went to to Paris and I was uh, teaching there and living by myself, but I, you know, I wanted to take travels and take pictures of myself at the places that I was at, right? Which is kind of a lot of where our modern selfies come from, right? You want to take a picture of yourself, you know, with a with a star or somewhere where you're at, which of course has some negative effects in our modern day, where people are destroying uh, animals and right artifacts, mm-hmm. trying to get their selfies with these things. Uh, but I remember doing it with like an old school digital camera and just like holding the camera and hoping that I'd gotten it right. Oh, I <laughs> like... remember doing it with those cardboard
0: ones <laughs> you get at Walmart. The oh series, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and then you just took the whole camera and got the whole camera roll.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I remember my sister used to have for a while. they had these ones um this was definitely like late 90s early 2000 aughts that uh were like stickers they were kind of like a polaroid but they actually made Uh, little stickers Um, and those i would say were very wrapped up in the kawaii culture as well so yeah so the selfie uh is tied up again like many things almost as old as humanity itself and wanting to take uh selfies so much so now that even like Celebrities, right, are taking selfies, right, with their fans or things, or, or, right, imaging that, and so um, it's just kind of interesting how we create these memories based on uh, the technology at hand, which has nothing to do with the theme of this board game.
0: Yeah, no, it has absolutely nothing to do. So we're just gonna jump right into the rules. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the the side quest yeah shelfie selfie i'm gonna let you go eventually i, I would have stopped you i mean maybe we'll start a new trend take a selfie with your shelfie yeah uh, i like it yeah uh-huh. okay okay and we'll see how it goes maybe later we'll take one
0: all right so we're trying to create the most illustrious board game shelf and be the envy of all our gamer friends Ooh, I have friends in this game. That's nice. Mm -hmm. The game takes place over seven rounds. Uh, Each player has a big shelf and a shelf of shame. Each player has a set of 16 characters. I don't like this name. And they, yeah, so there's not, there's people that don't. uh, They're trying to change that name. But uh, each player has a set of 16 characters and they will choose eight from the 16. Uh, It is recommended for our first game to use characters one through eight. So that's what we're going to do. Each game, there will be three unique reward cards. Um, there's the shelf uh, sidekick, the first to claim, and end of game. Uh, those are the three different awards, and there's uh, decks for each of those. Um, and the first player is chosen with card play for each round, so we don't have any sort of um, mm. first player uh, rules.
1: You would probably go first, the first person to try to
0: organize a game mm, shelf, or the last person to organize a game shelf. Mm. Uh, each round is made up of five phases. So first, we're going to fill the delivery boxes. So each of the boxes, there's going to be. Uh, one plus the player count is filled with uh, three board games, which are uh, denoted by dice. And then we're gonna select our characters as the next phase. So we're gonna take a character from our hand and we're gonna play it face down in front of us. And these cards, uh, they're gonna give us a one-time ability that we can use, but it's also gonna give us, uh, it's gonna determine play order. And if for any reason it's tied, uh, there's gonna be letters on them and those uh, are the tiebreaker letters. So next, based on player order, starting with the player with the lowest character card, we'll choose one of the boxes and the games that are associated with it. And then finally, once you have uh, gained your box, you will um, uh, place your games on your shelf. Um, So columns must be filled from bottom to top. Uh, Each column must be a single color. Uh, Die in the column must be a higher value than the die directly below it, but they do not have to be sequential. So you could go one, three, four, six. They just have to be a higher value than the one below it. And sixes are initially wild, uh, but you can make it a six. If you decide, hey, I'm gonna keep this as a six, then it's no longer wild and um, it's just a six. If you don't place a die on the big shelf, it goes on your Shelf of Shame. Uh, there is room for nine games on the Shelf of Shame, but there is no limit. That being said, all the games on your Shelf of Shame are worth minus two points at the end. Uh, and then clean up. The games left in the unselected box are returned to the bag. All players return their boxes to the center of the table. And if this wasn't the seventh round, then we set up for the next round. Okay. Uh, the game ends after the seventh round. You earn points based on the size of each column. Uh, so if you look off to your, your scoring guide on the right here, so if you have a column of five, it's going to be worth six points at the end. Column of four will be worth three, and a column of three will be worth one. And then you will also gain points for the highest value in each column. So that's why the sixes are good, because obviously that's the top of your column, and you'll get six points for it. Uh, then you will also earn uh, points for any of the cards that you claim. And then you have uh, end of game uh, points as well. And that's going to be on one of those unique cards that get drawn. Um, and then it'll be minus two points for each uh, each game in your Shelf of Shame. Uh, and the player with the most points is the winner. Tie goes to the player with the lowest value character card still in their hand. And if it's still tied, the players share the victory and must say Shelfy Stacker Sidekick 10 times quickly without error or face <laughs> eternal shame. That's what the rule says.
1: <laughs> I like that. Can we just call it the overflow shelves? Yes,
0: I think. Um, or like games to play shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can. Second we can chance. That. Second chance. Well, so people actually do have second chance shelves where they play games and they're like, ooh, I didn't particularly care for that. Yeah. So they'll put it on a second chance shelf. They'll give it another go. And mm-hmm. then if they don't like it, then it will, they'll figure out a way re-home to re- it. remove it from their collection. Yeah. Rehome it. Yeah. Rehome it. Uh, do something with it. Okay. So those are all the rules.
1: Well, let's stack.
0: finished a game of Shelby Stacker. Uh, To recap, BP had 22 board games (laughs) uh, points uh, and Kiwi had 55 board game points. So yes, I did uh, did double your score. Um, BP, did you have a strategy?
1: I I mean, I tried to put things down like the lower numbers first.
0: Yeah, I mean, I tried to do the same thing. I I feel like... um, I might have gotten a little bit lucky with the cards that I or the dice that I picked. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to be slightly strategic about which ones I took. Um, And I used my power. I think we didn't have any powers that weren't you. You had one that wasn't used. Yeah. Um, But I think I used all of mine. And I I think those were definitely handy in Mm -hmm. trying to like, Um, And I think once we're done, we'll go back and look at some of the other powers because it might be something... I feel like um, you have a better understanding of what other players can do because you all have the same cards in this setup that we did.
1: Right, in the beginning game.
0: Yeah, but when you do the... Everybody gets their 16 cards and you get to pick your eight, you don't know what the other people have picked, which could make some for some interesting Mm -hmm. because now you're really picking for powers Mm -hmm. as opposed to... Uh, now you're just trying to think about what your opponent is going to do.
1: Yeah, I think for an introduction, having the same set, just because it is... It, it well, we'll get to this a little bit later, but it is a little bit tricky trying to figure out what you want to do. So for strategy-wise, like at first I was just like, I want these colors, uh, was not paying as much attention to the pips on the die, so mm. to speak. Um, which, definitely, if you look at my overflow shelf. <laughs> yeah. Which was which was almost full, and my regular stacks not quite so much.
0: And I feel like that adds to the puzzle for sure. Oh yeah, because you have to think about more than just the pips. Now you're thinking about colors as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Um, all right, uh, what do you think about the theme?
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think I was putting games on a shelf. I definitely feel like it has that same. I mean, there's some of the book games that were the same way, right? Like are you organizing? I I think again, like your thing with Sagrada, like it's much more akin to that because that was color and pip oriented. So I think it is much more along those lines. I mean, the, the cards do try to bring it in with at least the idea of, uh, the different gamers and their different strategies on gaming. So I feel like it, it brings in the idea of gaming, but it's almost kind of like, again, like a little flavor to the mechanics. Like the mechanics are just a, a pattern, right, building type of idea. Um, I think the set collection piece with the different types of cards and their different abilities tries to bring it in. But I don't know that I was overwhelmingly feeling like a gamer trying to put different games on my shelf.
0: Yeah, I feel like the only thing really tying it to the theme is the art itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sometimes I I think we've talked in the past where sometimes that's Mm -hmm. that's not enough necessarily to bring it in. I kind of wish that instead of dice, it had been so kind of like. No, I can't. Some of the li- the library games right. we play, where they've actually had like book titles. Really yes, because they did such a great job of on the yes. box, like creating other games that like you have an idea of, like you know, I know what terrifying terrifying Mars is supposed to be. Right. So I wish there were. A, you know, more cards like that. And then I was it was more than just cards. colors. Yeah. And it was like
1: game type. Like I think some of the book games are like that where blue is like history books. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. So
0: I kind of wish that it had gone that route. Like um, here are
1: your roll and right games. <laughs> and and
0: I feel like that would have tied it more together mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you know, you know, they talked about in the description or somewhere where it was like, you know, you've arranged it by color, you've arranged it by size. So like your pips could have been the Mm -hmm. size of the box, your color could have been the type of box, or, you know, they've got different colors, like the, the colors on the, on the, the boxes on the, the, uh, the front cover, the box cover are arranged by color. Mm -hmm. So they could have made it like, you know, the box, the color couldn't have been like, Hey, these are all worker placement games. It really could have just been like. These are all orange games. These are all blue Yeah, which games. is
1: weird because I'm looking at our own shelf and I just... It, that seems like a very...
0: Arbitrary? Uh,
1: yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, it's kind of like, do you go, do decimal system or do you just go by book size? You yeah. Know?
0: And I think generally speaking on the R's, we have... I have kept designers together or I have kept publishers together mm-hmm. or I've t- kept similar types of games together.
1: Right. Like, there you really, have, no you really do situation. have a whole role in writing. Cubby,
0: yes, yeah, there's a Roland right cubby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I see no shame in that. There is no shame in it. Um, shame and rolling right a very similar size as well. Like they don't take up a whole lot of space, yeah. and so they would be as as looking at this Klink shelf that obviously right this is supposed to replicate. I think ikea right i mean that makes it a little bit difficult they do have the little boxes for your little travel games like you've got all your network games um uh, the oint games fit nicely into that right because they're all our cards are in fact our cribbage boards at least the, the standard ones fit into there um so i don't know it, it i think a color just seems a little bit arbitrary that
0: being actually. said there are definitely people who oh i'm sure put together. and like there are some very beautiful like and they've got it like like a rainbow style where it just kind of like progresses through across the shelf. When, and it looks amazing. When
1: I go to like a consignment short store or used clothing store, I forget. I feel like it was Goodwill or something. That is definitely how they used to always organize uh, the clothes. It was like here are all your green sweaters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, tape. Well, so going mm-hmm. into our table mm-hmm. presents, what do you what do you think?
1: I mean, again, based on the on the box. Uh, it's a little underwhelming to be honest. The cards, again, super cute. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, aside from that, it's a K Link shelf with, right, that fits a little die into them. And so I feel like even too many, is it too many? Not too many bones. Um, role player, right, has a much stronger yeah. uh i feel like table presence when you're just thinking about right placing die into
0: well there's so much boards. more to that game too because mm-hmm. you've got all the cards like the the player boards themselves mm-hmm. are pretty pretty significant
1: i mean that's a, a minimalist presence is sometimes also attractive mm-hmm. um but i just again based on the on the on the box i guess you might just uh, be expecting more
0: yeah, I think I would stop and look, um, you know, seeing people's cards, seeing the the dice, like, st- I think I would be curious to look f- closer. I think, like I brought up before, like, had the dice been cards with, yeah. board, like, that would definitely stop. Right. Me. Yeah. Um, I think I might at least pause briefly to see what was going on with this game. Oh, I would have probably just walked right off. Yeah. And that, I think that's just a difference of like, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at different things mm-hmm. where I, th- I feel like art is probably going to stop you more. Mm-hmm. Whereas with me, like art is definitely going to stop me. But at the same time, like if I see people doing things like different with, uh, you know, cause you don't roll these dice at all in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, they come right out. So like you're using dice in a different way. And I think that will stop me. Um, but I'm not sure how long I would pause because you can't really tell what's going on necessarily just by looking at the table. Whereas with like Sagrada or Azul, you you have a a better idea uh, of what's going on. So, uh, mechanics wise... Um, I liked the character cards. It reminded me, uh, what was it? Libertalia, the one with the the pirates. Mm-hmm. They gave you the abilities. Oh, yeah. So, so everybody
1: um, has like the same abilities and it's just when you use them.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's actually one of the variants that they recommend is someone goes through, selects eight cards, and then everybody else gets those same eight cards. Mm-hmm. So it's a random selection through the 16, uh, but you're all playing the same eight cards, which I think I would like better than just... I give you 16, I have my 16, and we secretly select which mm-hmm. eight. But even then, I think that would also be interesting mm-hmm. because you're selecting based on powers. And I feel like if you played this game a bunch and you understood, like, oh, I know BP loves these specific mm-hmm. powers, so I know she's going to take mm-hmm. these cards, I can kind of, you know, mix and match and choose based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I-
1: which, which brings up an interesting kind of, like, I know Mandy and Suzanne are always about, like, replayability on games then. I mean, I wonder how much then if you're playing with the same group over and over is, is the replayability going to decrease somewhat or is this a game that you might want to just keep bringing to newer players to get that kind of mystery effect?
0: I think it would definitely depend on your play group Um, because I I think uh, with the, the three unique rewards, those are going to be different every time. Mm. Um, If you do the style where you have 16 cards, like the number of combinations that you get out of, you know, take half of these cards, you know, you've got some significance there. Um, And then there's a couple other uh, rules variations that I think would change things up a little bit. So I think you would get a decent amount of um, replayability out of it just because of that variability in in that. But yeah, Uh, rules. BP, how easy was it to learn?
1: Uh, It was actually ended up being pretty easy, I think. Uh, first round, I definitely halfway through the game, I was like, my st- strategy, which is a non-strategy, is <laughs> not going to be working. Um, so that that said, I don't think it, it has a high learning curve uh, to uh, get a strategy. Uh, it definitely, I think, would require for someone of my caliber a second playthrough.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, as we play this, as we've played games similar to this, I think I know what Eric's one of Eric's complaints would have been Mm -hmm. was that there is no real way to rearrange.
1: Yes. I wanted to work with my overflow shelf a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like, you know, they wouldn't want, you wouldn't want such a great ability to do that, that like it takes away any kind of like strategy or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But I feel like some powers that would allow you to at least rearrange to some extent. Mm-hmm. Like there were a few that was like, "Hey, take a game off your bookshelf, put it in your box. You know, this one round, yeah." And then you could have. Re- and I used that once to be able to rearrange a little bit. Um,
1: but you have to know and understand. So for a first playthrough, you might not get all those quirks um and there's definitely some cards to kind of unload for point wise but yeah no i like with a deck builder right there's always like some card where you can wipe out what's what's coming or rearrange like the dice even in dice hospital right there's a way to
0: yeah yeah so there's one that lets you uh change uh change one dice in your box or your big shelf to any value so that would be helpful. Uh, the squisher, place one one dice on the top of a dice of the same value, which mm, would also mm-hmm. be good. Oh, yep. Yeah. And then move one dice from your shelf of shame to your big shelf okay. would be uh, other ones. So there are... Um,
1: some in the... There are
0: some, same. but I... 16. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, player interaction.
1: Um, at the beginning, I was thinking that there would be more. But there's not a whole lot,
0: no, and I think, um, I think one of the reasons for that is because there's not a big ability to affect. Like, once you put dice onto your shelf, there really isn't a way to affect those dice later. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them, but it's onesies and twosies, and you only get that power once per game. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had the ability to mess with your shelf or vice versa. I would have gotten annoyed because there would be no way for me to work around that and you really could have hurt somebody like pretty badly. Mm -hmm. Like if you you know, changed a six on the bottom of somebody's shelf, yeah. Now they can't place anything on top of it, that would kind of suck.
1: Yeah, Um, but I mean it's just like a deck. Builder, I mean, yeah. sure. There's a little bit of, you know, I get to, yeah, I get first choice. So I might choose like the dice you've been, been eyeing. But other than that, like, you know, it's pretty indirect.
0: Yeah. But in a lot of games drafting, this is one of those ones where like, there's only seven rounds. You only get seven choices. Right. If I hate draft to screw yeah, you're, you, you're screwing I yourself. potentially could be screwing myself yeah. and it's not sure. worth and maybe that could be our play group. There might be a play group where it's just like oh, yeah. I, I don't care about my points. You I know. just don't want you to win. I just don't want you to win. It reminds me of what the kid said last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the question is: is Would you play it again?
1: Um, you know, my initial, I mean, I, I would like to just to see if I could come up with a strategy. I don't know that it's something I go back to over and over again. Like if I saw it again on a shelf at a at a cafe or something i'd probably leave it there um and then like i've been there i've done that but uh, since it is <laughs> going to try to find a place on our shelf at the overflow shelf which actually we don't quite have, we really do need no, to work I, on our shelf? I, I,
0: like I like to spread my games we oh, need to play right. across. Throughout the house. Uh, one, so it's harder <laughs> to find them. And then they just never get to the table. Uh, <laughs> and two, then I don't have to look at a shelf and go, oh man, there's so many games there we need to play.
1: Um, yeah, so I mean, I feel like if this were my own collection, it'd be on the overflow shelf um, for a second chance shelf, so to speak. So I would like to give it a second chance maybe play with some of those, those other ones. But I, I think again, like with a Sagrada and Azul or even role player, I would much rather play role player than I would this. Yeah. I think
0: the, the puzzle and the goal for role player makes me like role player more. The thing this does have going for it is this game took us 20 minutes to play. Sure. Um, So it might be a pretty decent filler game. Uh, to put mm-hmm. in between, like, hey, we're waiting for people to show up for something. You know, this is a quick game. So it's cat lady, sure, cat I mean,
1: we <laughs> have a couple games.
0: We have a couple games up there that. Um, so I think the speed uh, does give. So yeah, I, I would play it again. Um, but obviously, if it's if it's a game that, you know, I we got rid of Terraforming Mars because I was the only one who yeah liked it. so so. Um, yeah. Uh, So that is our play of Shelfie Stacker.
1: So if you have any recommendations, want to hear mine and Kiwi's opinions, maybe Kate and Eric's opinion, maybe you want to hear more of some of our other guest appearances or be a guest appearance yourself, Uh, just send any comments our way email is first turn tabletop at gmail and uh, you can look for our shelfie, selfie selfie <laughs> uh, on instagram or twitter at first turncast. and the podcasting camel uh, says as he's balancing his stack of board games uh, please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers and we look forward to hearing from you play more games Okay. I have no idea, so I'm just picking a card. I'm
0: not entirely sure either. Okay. So now we have them. So we reveal them. (laughs) Uh, So cute until they broke the box, ate your cards, and peed on the table.
1: (laughs) North Sea shipping.
0: North Sea shipping. (laughs) North Sea shipping.
1: hmm None of this works. <laughs>